0: Well, 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 another episode at your disposal, or um, I don't know what the word is, which is appropriate, at your disposal, um, for your listening pleasure, I don't know. There are so many things, the options keep changing, the variety of introductions keep changing on this podcast, but I remain the same. And do I remain the same? Change. You know, I'm going to keep uh, today's monologue a little low a little um shorter because we have a we who are we that's me myself and i have a great conversation coming up uh with dr kumar manik bale he's a geneticist he's a genetic counselor based in madras chennai i like it as madras and um you know this thing has been um interesting for me for many years genetics genome of course many of us got introduced to the idea of it you know jurassic park Michael Crichton um, that whole thing of finding you know DNA frozen or preserved in amber and the mosquito and all those things but um, I think on a very layman's perspective I found it interesting uh, for many years just like oh my god we we, we sort of have used all these things for years like names and um, physical traits and cultural identity, and more importantly, most importantly, physical things, right? Whether it's color, whether it's skin color, hair color, eye color, to differentiate and to demonize other people and to also kill other people and to uh, claim supremacy over other people who don't look the same. Um, And that's a a social sort of perspective. And it's still going on till date. Black Lives Matter. You have white supremacy. You have... um, Religious stuff, which is also based in many ways. Um, I think there is a little bit of overlap when it comes to religion with color. But whether it's in India the caste system, whether they, there is this idea that there are superior genetics or there are superior um, I, I, let's not even go to genetics, but I do, I, I'm going to pretend and that I don't know anything about genetics. But there are superior people. But when you look at a basic uh, on the DNA level, is what I'm assuming, is that we all have the same genes. Um, now there are I mean the same number of chromosomes I suppose is that maybe he'll explain i, I he's done a, a lot more work in this so I'm going to let him get and do the heavy lifting in this particular conversation but it's, it baffles me that we are so and this is for years right when you go 10,000 20,000 years back it just wipe out another species within the same species um, people who look different from you nah, we don't like them people who smell different we don't like them and we've done that for uh, eons that's exactly well, I just built it up to this point because I wanted to use the word eons in today's episode. But, uh, you know, the the genes themselves uh, manifest in different ways in different people. But essentially, uh, every human has all the genes that the other human has. Now, whether they express themselves, whether they switch on, switch off, all these things we talk about. But... I just find it baffling that we can hate and kill and murder based on some perceived sense of difference. Yeah, we we obviously are living in different parts of the same planet. Now, that's the important part. Same fucking planet, but we are living in different parts. So, I thought, uh, let's get someone who's personally um, been involved in my life. Uh, Not not personally, but someone I met last year. And, you know, we've been having a conversation about my genes and about more specifically the eye condition that I have and the genes that have caused it, uh, but someone who's also dedicated his life to um, introducing gene therapy in India, in educating people, also educating um, future counselors, gene counselors, getting the entire program up and running, getting um, spreading awareness, which is a huge thing in a country of our size, with lack of information, lack of money and it's not very tempting for people to go down genetic counseling um, because it's not a very lucrative path like um, you know a surgeon would be or a cardiac surgeon or any of those people. So uh, this person's choice, this gentleman's choice is quite noble. Uh, The work he's doing, he's training future genetic counselors to help people because otherwise you know the fears which come with ignorance is that oh you know uh, and especially in a country like ours where there is huge barriers to education and uh, illiteracy being a large percentage of a large percentage of population being affected by literacy there is you know how do you approach this genetics and genes and um you know when people are marrying within the family and all these various sort of things i mean yeah it's crazy we have our own little hillbillies going on here we have our own royal family in india where um it's a much larger royal family, just entire states of royal families. You know, why should I not do it? The queen has done it. So if that's the thing, how do you approach this? How do you sort of kind of get a feel for the landscape of genetics? Um, and also, how do you proceed with this kind of issue, with this kind of research, where with this kind of... Um, these kind of things, with the considerations have taken place, right? Because there's so many elements which are just... Um, specific so specific to our country and uh, then you you know you have the basic thing of do we understand do we know enough and it's quite quite cool it's quite complex it's quite fun and I genuinely had a great time talking to Dr. Kumar Manikvail and I'm sure I'm 100% sure that you will enjoy listening um, to his uh, points of view on things which aren't his expertise because he's um, he's very careful on what he's an expert in and I like how doctors do that and especially in this space you have to be careful because so he's well-versed a lot of knowledge in his field of course so we talk about his specific field talk about his opinions and things and there's not an intro this is just I'm trying to build you up because he's a good good man with a lot of stuff to share and uh yeah, I, I, and also, I, I haven't gone down my rant today because I don't really have anything to rant about because um, I will, but hey, it's the end of the year. I think we've got to be a little happy. The year's gone by tremendously fast, though. I think we say that every year. It's gone faster than last year. Why did it go down so fast? But Omicron is around, and I hope you are okay. It's just like a coal now, Omicron. It sounds like a transformer that has come and moved into your home. Omicron, what does Omicron do? Omicron bipedal. It's translated loudly, but um, the world, of course, is still as mad as ever. I think uh, Vladimir Putin is threatening with everybody. I will go to Ukraine and I will take all the cranes from Ukraine. That way it will only be you. No heavy lifting will be done in the country of you because I, uh, Vladimir Putin, have taken all the cranes. (laughs) That was my evil plan for the Battle of Crimea. I have taken all the cranes from Ukraine. Who would have thought that that was my foreign policy? Hey, Joe Biden, you thought that was funny? I took the crane from Ukraine. Now it's you. (laughs) That was his intention all along. But uh, other stuff. I don't know what's going on, actually. I mean, there's a lot of stuff. Like, you know, the typical Monday morning refreshing news. Genocide here. You know, um, pandemic uh, fallouts there. Economic crises here. House arrest for democratic leaders somewhere else. Then you have uh, military coups here. Then you have people, you know, what's that called? Beheadings. Oh, that's another lovely thing, which just goes with the croissant right after your coffee. Beheadings. Ah, oh, uh, repression of... Mm, people who don't look like you are happening everywhere in the world. So it's a fresh pot of coffee brewing as always on this place we call home, this planet we live in, on, within, wherever. But um, for someone who's doing uh, great work uh, besides the madness that's out there, I think this is important to understand there are people like Dr. Kumar Manu on uh, an individual front setting up organizations doing great work. Not with all the loudness and the yelling, the noise, he's just doing stuff, helping people. So I salute him even before I bring him on the podcast. I hope you will enjoy it. And I'm sure you'll enjoy it and do pass it on do share it with friends, with family, and especially people who have concerns in this who might um, be looking to start a family who might have issues with themselves or someone they know. Um, great resource um, with the with, with with the work he's doing. I will list everything as you might have already found out in the description. Links to his organization and you can find out more by listening to this conversation with Dr. Kumar Marnikvayal. Right? I'll see you on the other side. Till then, goodbye. God bless. Take care of yourselves. Aha! Cheers. Um. Dr. Kumar Manikvail, welcome to the Sopi Rao Show. Thank you so much for taking the time and joining me today.
1: Thank you, um, Sandeep. And I thank the uh, Sopi Rao Show <laughs> for inviting me today. It's a pleasure and honor to be here. Thank you.
0: That's it's been fantastic. It's been less than a year since we first connected uh, through a couple of common friends slash doctors. And uh, of course, right now you're sitting out of Madras, Chennai, and you are... Um, helping a lot of people through the work you do and we'll get to that which is a very exciting work important work but um, I want to ask you just off the bat it's been you know I don't want to go too much into the pandemic and the lockdown but as someone who's in this space of new science new development uh, with the genetics especially with genetics with um, gene disorders to to do with the eye uh, and it's a new field in India especially you can talk about that at some point later in the episode but um, how have the past few months, 20 odd months affected um, the progress of this kind of science and research and has it uh, brought things to a abrupt halt or have things slowed down or has it been a time for people to actually say, you know what, I don't have other commitments so I can focus more on research?
1: Um, well, there are many things, uh, many facets of this uh, issue, um, mm-hmm. particularly the pandemic and the genetics, uh, particularly um, interacting with subjects who have um, a child or they themselves are affected with a genetic disorder. And another aspect is about research, Okay, mm-hmm. all, all put together. Um, the pandemic has um, affected as well as helped um, mm-hmm. in particularly interacting with uh, families who have some kind of genetic disorder. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, now we can connect online. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so my reach has now gone beyond um, uh, all borders. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So we see patients from Africa, uh, different parts of India, and so on and so forth. So uh, it's sort of a blessing in disguise, one way, if you see.
2: You
1: know. Yeah. The reason I'm pointing this out is almost about um, if you take some of the very early uh, affecting genetic disorders, uh, not much treatment is available. Mm -hmm. So therefore, um, subjects coming from a long distance, um, then coming to know that there isn't any treatment, um, makes them a bit disappointed. So therefore, connecting online and then uh, telling them about all that is going on, and how they can um, do certain investigations, you don't need to come here. Yeah. Uh, to uh, see the geneticists. So we are actually um, second line of defense. So Mm. um, subjects are seen primarily by a physician, you can be a a pediatrician or a gynecologist or ophthalmologist, Um, uh, you know, oncologist and so on and then they refer them over for counseling. So Mm. we don't need to um, physically exam or uh, have to be physically present um, close mm. to the subject. Okay, that's one aspect of it. So um, it has affected um, in some way. For example, um, I have seen um, subjects in this period. Um, so they don't have money. Mm. Okay, so even if you want to do a genetic test, um, um, you know, middle-class people also didn't have money because they lost a job. They yeah. didn't know what was going to go on. So that's the, the, the bad aspect of it or the negative side of it. Um, mm. Coming to the research part, um, yes, certainly it is affected. Um, many laboratories across the world has been closed down. Mm. People have put on furlough, they've lost their jobs. And, um, um, and some of the clinicians who are doing genetic research uh, were asked to do a COVID job.
0: Mm, okay. I was going to ask, yeah, does the resource get diverted?
1: It has certainly decelerated research uh, in genetics, particularly on the treatment aspect, mm. you know, which we will talk in detail later. Yeah. So, therefore, it's a mix and match, uh, Sandeep. You can't say for sure that uh, it has certainly damaged everything or it mm. has uh, you know, helped. Um, this is uh, across yeah. the board in, uh, in medicine, not necessarily uh, focused on genetics. Okay.
0: Yeah, absolutely. No, because this leads me to my experience when I was initially diagnosed many, many years back. But, you know, what tends to happen is as a patient, when you go, you want to get all the tests done and, and you want to get sort of the final analysis or meet the doctor with all the reports done. and. When I used to travel to Shankar Netralaya in Madras back in the day, it was like, okay, you're here for two days, get everything done in eight hours. And it's quite a toll on the on the eyes, right? Getting dilated uh, five, six times, getting mm-hmm. those various scans, getting various d- dyes injected. And, and, and yes, while you do uh, need them, I think this particular setup where you can consult with the best doctors around the world, but you get your local tests done at the comfort of your own pace, in the comfort of your own city, hometown. And you know say when you're doing it in Bangalore or New York place, you might know, okay, you know, I'll go get five tests done. So in a week's time, I have the reports. Now I can consult with the doctor online. So it just takes the load, you know, from one day, you can do it more comfortably and it's less stressful, I think. (laughs) Yes.
1: yes. And, you know, as you say, Sandeep, it's it's sort of, see, uh, you can uh, also look at it from a couple of segments of social um, groups. um, Mm. um, You know, Lower income, middle income, and upper upper uh, income groups. Okay? Yeah, yeah. So everybody, for that matter, undergoes this uh, ordeal mm-hmm. of running around here and there and getting investigations done. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, particularly people who belong to uh, you know disadvantaged uh, disadvantaged class. Yeah. Um, they suffer a lot because you know they have to be guided. They have to be. Uh, orally directed um, and so on and somebody has to be very patient to do that uh, particularly yeah. in genetic disorders okay so yeah. they they suffer they suffer more than anybody else I would say.
0: even with something like covid no doctor explaining the concept of a virus mm-hmm. i think a lot of times uh, the initial initial escape or the initial thing is 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 fear right we the fear of the unknown Yes. And uh, I think a lot of times, especially in a country as vast as India and with the population as well, which might be, uh, you know, I wouldn't say India is worse off, but we have a larger percentage of people who are more uninformed mm-hmm. and as a result can be manipulated, which is the sad part by people who want yes. to use this situation, in, you know, in their advantage, whether it's the vote banks or whether it's the, whoever it may be. But uh, for you, like it's in this space, I mean, I, I think, you know, explaining genetics we can do, but how do you initially calm them down? Because saying something like there's an unknown virus which is going to kill you is mm-hmm. such a big thing to process for even a person who knows. Like, I I think, you know, if I'm a layman, but at least I've done some basic science. So I know what a virus is. I know what a bacteria is. But still in a world of today's extra information, there are so many people, you know, throwing things at you and you can, from the local news to the local newspaper, to YouTube videos, to these debates on on, on national television. So how does someone like you as a medical expert, um, you know, I wouldn't say just with COVID, but with any issue which is so overwhelming and so difficult for someone to process, what is your initial approach? Because number one, each case is different. Each individual is different. But there must be some basic Things you'd use to break that person's that 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 fear, right?
1: Yes. Yeah, see, uh, one thing. Um, I mean, I'm telling this for people who are uh, juniors uh, doing this kind of service uh, mm-hmm. anywhere in the world. See, if you don't know the language of the um, subject, mm-hmm. that's the fault of the counselor. Yeah. Okay. okay. Uh, okay. Many people don't take it that way. All right. Mm. And in counseling, um, communication is very important. Yeah. So the body language and the way you talk. And let me tell you, and this is known all over the world, is that um, if you listen to people, okay, you, they will calm down. Yeah. It doesn't matter um, whether they are emotional or they are charged up and so on, all that you need to do is to listen to them. Everybody has their own point to make, right? So you can't be judgmental in in, in trying to know what exactly the other person wants to say and why they are agitated. Okay. Mm. So um, the moment you start to listen, everybody actually comes down.
3: Okay. Yeah.
1: Um, so that is a very, very important thing. And 90% of the times uh, in genetics, the counselor's job is to listen.
3: Mm.
1: okay so the more you listen you know exactly what their problem is okay of course you can't judge somebody's uh, you know personal side of the problem uh, you know financial side of the problem and the medical side of the problem uh, by you just sitting with them for one hour okay. yeah. Yeah. so therefore uh, we have to know our limitations in the first place Um, But nevertheless, uh, it doesn't matter what is their uh, education, what is their uh, social economic status. A good counselor should be able to cater uh, to the level of somebody who's illiterate, okay, uneducated, to somebody who's a PhD. Mm. We have to modulate and we have to give examples and uh, we have to tell the simile. So that they are able to understand it uh, from their own perspective. Okay, right. And it's not difficult, Sandeep. Uh, having done this job for the last thirty years in my career, mm. uh, it's not very difficult. You can always yeah. think and then find, uh, you know, something that they can relate to and yeah. understand.
0: Yeah. Do Do you find the the ones who are a little? Um, Overeducated the pro- pro- problematic ones, the ones who are like, I know, doctor, I know this, you know, I <laughs> And they come with all the, the Google data and they throw that at you and they're like, no, no, wait a second. Because, um, you know, when, when, uh, Nivi and I, we came at, we, we spoke and I, I don't claim to know, uh, much about genetics, but because, of living with this condition for the past thirty years, by default hearing what the doctors have told me, or uh, by talking to other people, like you know, you just hear these terms: Stargardt's disease. You hear about cone dystrophy. You hear about these various, um, you know, uh, the deterioration. You hear about words like gene therapy. You hear about what you know, words like stem cell. So. It just mine is just by experience that right. I sort of know a little bit, and I think uh, it's good to know about your own condition, right? Otherwise, you might you might not uh, you don't surprises down the line. But yeah. um, so let me just you know address it in its most basic form. We're sitting in twenty twenty one, end of twenty twenty one, and where do we stand um, right now as a country, or maybe at at even the world when it comes to genetic science? But maybe before that, for people who don't know, uh, maybe just a few words, and maybe I don't know if it's possible in a simple sort of breakdown, which anyone, if anyone can do to explain to them, I think you can do it best. Is what is our understanding of the human genome
1: as of today? Um. So, what we know about human genome. Um, has to be understood uh, in different applications that uh, you can use it for mm-hmm. if let me give you an example okay now w- what i can tell you now uh, is that let us take uh, something like an encyclopedia okay the mm-hmm. encyclopedia britannica uh, with multiple volumes okay right. so a genome is equivalent to that and each of the volume is equivalent to one chromosome okay which is uh, um, some of the genetic material that, that we have in the cell right. inside the nucleus which governs uh, everything from our uh, right from our conception till death what should happen to us what disease we should get what color should be uh, our skin and what should be uh, how what's the texture of our hair the color of our iris, okay, and so on and so forth, it's all determined in it, okay.
0: That's held in the chromosome,
1: basically. That's right, okay. And the okay. chromosome, uh, is something like you have, you know, in another way, explaining as multiple buildings, um, mm-hmm. like the volumes of uh, encyclopedia, and each of them have uh, uh, is built out of bricks, right? Right, so therefore, these are chromosomes are equivalent to that. Mm-hmm but then coming back to encyclopedia so what we know in human genome today very well is that uh, we know that there are only four alphabets okay mm-hmm. and in um, uh, in english language you have 26 alphabets okay yeah when I told this to someone, they said, no, there are 52 alphabets in English because you have capital A, small A. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have any relationship actually. I, I still wonder why people say there are only 26 alphabets. That's right. right. Anyway, um, so the mother tongue of nature is very simple, only four letters. It's called A, G, C and T. And you oh. don't need to know more than that, only four letters. With that four letters nature can make uh, bacteria, it can make a leaf, it can make a plant, it can make a dog, it can make an elephant, it can make a mm. human too. Sorry,
0: so what, what do those alphabets represent? Do they represent uh, DNA? Do they represent?
2: Um, uh,
1: it they? is part of a DNA, it's a building huh. block of DNA, uh, okay. adenine, guanine, thymine and cytosine um, is the name of those. Um, oh, so they, they're not
0: just alphabets, they, they actually have names, the A, G, C. They have C, names. T. Yes, okay. A, G,
1: okay. C, T is um, um, the short form of them. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what we know in human genome as an encyclopedia is we know exactly how many uh, A's are there, how many G's, C's and uh, T's are there. Okay. Mm. All put together we have about 3.2 billion letters. And as this
0: these same letters in different patterns?
1: Yes, in different combinations. Yes.
2: Combinations, that's the, okay. Um, oh, wow. So,
1: therefore, okay. yeah, in this encyclopedia, uh, currently we know uh, that we have 3.2 billion letters as human beings, and we know how they are arranged and how they are put in each of those chromosomes or, or uh, volumes, and mm. that is something we know very well. And to a certain extent, very early onset genetic disorders. Uh, which we call as uh, single gene disorders or Mendelian disorders. And some of them are mitochondrial disorders or chromosomal disorders. We know exactly what they are. We know that what is Down syndrome and we know that there is an extra chromosome 21. So instead of 23 pairs, uh, we have actually, uh, which is forty-six chromosomes. As human beings, we have mm-hmm. forty-seven in Down syndrome. Okay.
0: Oh, there's an extra. Okay.
1: Okay. Yes, and uh, that is one type of disorder, chromosome. There are only four different genetic type of disorders. Actually, it's again as simple as the AGCT.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So you have uh, chromosomal disorders, and a classical example is Down syndrome, mm-hmm. where a whole chromosome is in addition. Okay, and makes okay. it forty-seven chromosomes instead of normal forty-six. And then you have uh, Mendelian or single gene disorders like retinitis pigmentosa, hemophilia, sickle cell disease, and so on, which is okay. one or couple of DNA letters which are uh, defective mm-hmm. um, and causes those kind of uh, problems um, similar to chromosomes there early in onset. And so is mm-hmm. mitochondrial disorders.
0: That's similar to what I have as well, right? A single gene disorder.
1: You have the single gene. Right. That's right. correct. Okay. Now, as far as these three components are concerned, chromosome, single gene, and uh, uh, mitochondrial, we know quite a lot of it in relation to our human genome. Okay. So we can do diagnosis um, and, and some of them uh, we can treat okay, or manage, I would say, like sickle cell disease or hemophilia, retinoblastoma. Mm-hmm. There is a management option available, but majority of these kind of disorders, the treatment aspect is still going on in research. Okay. Okay. Um, and there is a fourth component, uh, which uh, many people don't realize that it is genetic or, or uh, familial, mm. which are called as complex disorders, which are basically age-related disorders or late onset disorders like ah. diabetes, hypertension, cancers. So yes. diabetes
0: and um, these things we just mentioned—the uh, forms of cancer, mm-hmm. diabetes—they are yeah. gene-related, is it?
1: Yes. Uh, um, okay. So how you can put that is unlike the early onset ones, which are hundred percent genetic. These are not hundred percent genetic. Okay. For example, if if uh, if if you take it like that, my father had lung cancer. He was a smoker. Yeah then he gives me the gene for lung cancer, okay, until otherwise I'm a smoker, I won't get lung disease. Okay, okay. So therefore, the environmental trigger is very important. So how they try to relate it is that it's, you know, the genetics is like a loaded gun
0: Mm.
1: and the environment is the trigger. Ah. Okay. So you could,
0: but on the flip side, you can also be someone who doesn't carry that or don't doesn't have the predisposition to get lung cancer. So that's an empty gun. Right. And that's even smoking then cannot cause the disease or cause yes. lung cancer, right? So yes.
1: mm. if you're not smoking, uh, you won't get lung cancer. And if you cut down the carb food and you're physically active, you won't get diabetes late on ones. Right. So therefore, environment is very important. Uh, and therefore, we are in a genetic platform. Mm. And then the environment uh, acts like a trigger, trigger, like for example, cancers or neuropsychiatric disorders uh, and so on and so forth. So, And this aspect of complex disorders in relation to our genome, we haven't understood it very clearly.
0: Okay, so why is it uh, reacting to a certain environment? Why isn't it yes, reacting yes. in certain people to a certain set Correct. of other triggers? Okay, okay. Yes.
1: so uh, why somebody gets uh, glaucoma, why someone gets... Um, uh, you know, as, as we discussed lung cancer.
3: Mm.
1: Mm, we know to some extent some of the risk factors are there uh, which acts as a trigger, but uh, that aspect uh, we have not understood it very clearly. Okay, mm. um, There is another major dimension to all this, uh, Sandeep, is that uh, there is something um, called as the microbiome. Right. So, so we coexist with uh, uh, a huge number of bacteria uh, in our entire body uh, mm. particularly in the gut in the large mm. intestine okay and they are very important they are very important in digesting our food and then uh, making vitamins in our intestine so sort of itself. like the
0: factory in our body right which produces yeah. all these things factory. right
1: yeah, yeah very correctly said so it's more an industry mm. and uh, the advantage is that see in genetics you can't do much you can't uh, change it as of uh, as of now. Okay, mm-hmm. um, a lot of research is going on in that in a technology called as genome editing, where they are trying mm-hmm. to change the DNA letter that is defective. So therefore, uh, uh, these microbiome uh, you can actually modify them by changing your diet by taking probiotics. Okay, uh, and and therefore you can completely um, revamp or uh, uh, you know, uh, put a new set of bacteria, okay, yeah, in so fact, can, oh,
0: you can replace or replenish your microbiome or make it healthier. Yes, yes. Okay. And
1: there is uh, currently a particular treatment called as fecal transplant, mm. okay, um, where they take the good bacteria from people who are very healthy and um, so on and so forth. And that's a pro bacteria was developed. Uh, similarly, they're trying to do equivalent, not exactly mm. identical though. Uh, to kidney transplant or uh, liver transplant and heart transplant, fecal transplant is one methodology where even if you have a bad uh, genome in complex disorders, uh, modifying the microbiome uh, can uh, help you, uh, you know, in, in trying to avoid the disease or trying to reduce the um, what we call as morbidity signs and symptoms the pain and other uh, issues associated can be reduced. You
0: know, from mm. what you're telling me from my uh, just kind of having this these these things you've told me, it's almost mm. like each body has the same elements, right? Which is the heart, the lungs, the liver, the brain. And it yeah. has uh, these, um, the software, which could be the chromosomes, giving instructions that you will uh, create these things, right? You will have this size heart, this size, this color of eyes, color of skin, but then then you have this entire environment which is the microbiome so it's almost sounding like each human body has its own landscape with its own environment and mm. you know it's it's while we all are uh, dealing with the same elements the way this particular this this environment of the microbiome can really govern uh, despite what the messaging and the independent unique traits are, right? This thing is almost giving uh, nourishment or taking away nourishment, um, you know, which can be changed and which can be nurtured to be healthy. And yeah. it's almost like it's quite its quite a thriving uh, set of things going on at the same time, as opposed to saying the human body is one collective, you know, or one, yeah. one big thing. It's actually multiple things interacting with each other, right? from I mean, this yeah. is from my understanding as a lay person.
1: Yeah. Microbiome is, uh, you know, it's something of uh, big interest now where people are trying to relate it to certain disorders and so on. Okay. 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 So um, not that we have understood it very clearly now. Microbiome is just there for the last two decades mm-hmm. and uh, we have to know more about it and how we coexist and cooperate, uh, how are each cell in our body cooperates with the uh, microbes that are existing. Oh, so, Dr. Can I just
0: interrupt for a second? I just want to ask, okay. so does this microbiome like genes get passed mm-hmm. on from parent to child uh, sure. or does the microbiome um, create itself within each individual irrespective of um, genes or lineage or uh, so what I meant is is it? Uh, are you born with it or do you develop it in your environment?
1: Um, I'm not an expert to answer that but okay. I can make some guesses though. Um, As we are born um, by normal delivery, uh, we do pick a lot of bacteria um, in the delivery tract uh, of the mother.
2: Okay.
1: Ah, okay. And uh, through the vaginal tract, uh, when we are delivered, uh, we pick some bacteria there, as far as my knowledge goes. Okay. 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 Um, But then we we are exposed to the bacterial environment. And in fact, our blood group. Uh, is one classical example for that. The antibodies that are there, um, any blood group, ABO and so on, uh, they don't appear until otherwise uh, the child is born and then it starts to get fed by the mother. Okay.
0: So we don't have a blood group in the womb?
1: No, we don't have, uh, but then there are certain things called as antigen and antibodies. The antibodies are not there, antigens are there. Mm-hmm. Um, so therefore, uh, we pick bacteria subsequent to our birth, but I'm sure we do get exposed through the maternal circulation to them. Right. Um, so therefore, we do get uh, viral infections in the mother, like something called as German measles, and that can affect uh, the uh, lens as well as the heart of the uh, fetus. And it can cause damage, it can cause cataract in the eye, and it can cause um, heart problems in the fetus. And now we have vaccines for it. And, uh, in,
0: in, a, in a prenatal actually, stage, is it?
1: Yeah, antenatal uh, vaccines. Oh. And they take care of them. Ah.
0: no. what's <laughs> amazing is we hear now of these, um, and I don't know if... Y- y- if if it's gene related but you know i, I don't want to go down this path of evolution versus creationism i don't that 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 i think we leave it yeah. for another episode but um you know you hear of the the prehistoric or the not prehistoric but like ten thousand years back now that with a lot of people studying this field of uh, genetics you hear about how we migrated from certain patterns right from hunter-gatherer yeah. to more yeah. agrarian to more industrial to this thing where Mm. we are today, I don't know, which is a hybrid, I suppose, of Mm. living in societies which are um, overcrowded, which have a lack of resources with clean water, clean food, clean air. So Mm. the, I think, you know, I I, I don't know if the question may be appropriate or if it's well framed, but from that, that that, that, that genome, which is obviously, you know, in, 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 in context of Uh, the larger scheme of time it's much shorter Ten thousand years is nothing when it comes to the course of um, evolution Mm -hmm. but do you think these kind of changes in and you said it's a bit vague at this point to answer but this kind of sudden transformation when we see the technology revolution we see the number of ways in which we're consuming uh food the way in which our lifestyles have changed from um flight or fight to more secure environment safety does that impact the gene um, um, the the genetics and its evolution and and also the the other things that go towards it or is it more uh, we'll feel this 5000 years later
1: yeah that's a good question actually it's it's a very evolutionary philosophical question Mm. because um, the entire um, nature um, the law of nature is survival of the fittest. Okay, right. Um, so, as you say, in today's world, that's not going on as far as the human beings are concerned, or domesticated animals are concerned. Mm-hmm. So, um, the 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 ones that are not supposedly fittest also survive now. <laughs>
0: I think the yes. <laughs> the think unfittest survive the longest.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's a rude, uh, rude way way of telling it. No, of
0: course. I mean, and no jokes about about any people. But it's yes. it it has become so comfortable that mm. you don't have to fight or be even um, in in a in a how do you put it in in a, in a relatively fit form to face the next day. You know.
1: Yes. See, for example, um, though that's not the topic of the day is uh, how the pandemic went around the globe, right? Yeah. And so many people got uh, affected, and uh, there was a huge media hype. Uh, there are more people who die with tuberculosis and cancer than with uh, with COVID. Okay, but then mm-hmm. uh, the entire media was so distorted. Yeah. it looked as if people were just dropping dead because of um, COVID. COVID. Anyway, that that's another real issue. Yeah. Um, but certainly um, see for example the why i brought that point of covid is that you have to be healthy okay mm-hmm. you have to eat healthy food you have to have a healthy lifestyle you have to do be very active uh, do exercise mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden when a pandemic comes uh, you get worried so mm-hmm. you don't take care of yourself for the last Ten years, twenty years, thirty years, forty years, whatever. Mm. And then at the last moment, if you think that uh, virus is going to be, you know, uh, very benevolent, that's not going to happen.
0: Suddenly and popping supplements, saying, "I'm fine now." Yeah. Yes,
1: and and it was very clear in the initial days that uh, obesity was one of the risk factors uh, mm. for morbidity and mortality in uh, the COVID situation. Mm. So uh, therefore, diabetes and people who have, um, you know, additional disorders, they're actually more susceptible. So you have to plan how to be healthy. Okay. That's a point I'm trying
0: to make. Doctor, I I mean, I think that's extremely, I think now, I think people have realized, I hope they've realized that, you know, sitting at a desk job just to get that fat paycheck is not the end of living. It's not the point of living. It's also to uh you know get a good balance and i think access to food has become so much i mean of course i can't generalize because there are people in especially our country in india who don't have access to food or clean water but more and more now we see in 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 the, in the big cities especially with a population getting more disposable income that people are just eating for the sake of eating as opposed to eating for nutrition mm-hmm. but um what i want to ask you i mean i, I as i said I do, i'm i not here judging people's lifestyle but when you have a larger population of people who are not fit uh, passing on their genes uh, passing on um, the various habits and also social conditioning which is also one of the things which happens when you're a parent to bring a child into this world there are things which is not just genetic but also environmental right Mm -hmm. because we've come to a certain point here sitting here today with certain genes that have been activated deactivated which helped us survive which didn't Mm -hmm. help us survive as a result we are what we are but with the way it's going forward do you see the genome itself changing? With I wouldn't say unfit people living, but with people who uh, earlier wouldn't survive because of nature, uh, given mm-hmm. now given a chance because of advancement in medicine and science and technology, um, get, get, you know through various uh, options of conceiving whether whether they have you know different treatments or whether they have surrogacy whether they adopt whatever it may be um gi- giving the next generation uh passing on whatever they are passing on it, d- mm. the, how what will that manifest as i don't know if it's a question or whether it's just something i want to know about um since yeah. we've arrived here what is the Future. likelihood yeah. yeah the likelihood of these things happening with this environment like with gene editing and all these things um what what I, happens to the genome
1: um, the genome is a very stable one. Um, okay. you know, the DNA is extremely stable. It survived for almost 3.5 billion years, okay? Mm. Okay. Uh, right from very early bacteria, anaerobic bacteria till today. Mm. And uh, human genome is very stable. Okay? Okay. Um, uh, but th- having said that, yes, there are a lot of evidences to show that um, how our uh, current lifestyle, which is very much um, different, from what it was when we were hunter gatherers, okay, mm. um, and so we have lost a couple of wisdom tooth, okay, which mm. we have done now. Our jaw is much smaller, and our brain has become bigger, okay. The, the cerebral uh, volume has increased um, mm. from our prehistoric uh, humans to current one. Okay? Even even during that evolutionary phase, mm. uh, because of the hunting. Uh, um, we had to plan, and we had to hunt, and so on. Our brain became, particularly the cerebral cortex, became very complex. Okay. Okay. Much more complex in terms of ratio between the upper brain and the lower brain. So, cerebral uh,
0: cortex is that responsible for like what we are thinking now, like innovation, yes, intellectual yes. thought? Okay. Okay.
1: Yes, yes. Uh, so that's
0: advanced it, more than what yes. it was. Okay.
1: Correct. So. Um, uh, the cognitive uh, ability mm. uh, okay, um, of thinking, talking, judging, planning, um, strategizing and so on, all that is purely something that has developed, um, um, of course, for a few million years, it's not that, uh, uh, from very early humans to homo sapiens, sapiens, okay. Mm. Okay. Uh, But now you see certain differences, like I told you about wisdom, truth, and all that. But Mm -hmm. then, uh, to judge this in terms of time scale of three point five billion years, and you also mentioned that our lifespan, human uh, existence, is very very short uh, Mm -hmm. compared to what has happened uh, in in evolution. So, but nevertheless, we have uh, you know really caused more damage to the um, earth than any other species. Okay. Yeah, and yeah, several thousand species have disappeared, uh, no trace of their existence today as it was, you know, just 50 years ago or 100 yeah. years ago
0: because of our way yeah. of our life and yes. what we created,
1: yeah. right? And if you remove humans, uh, the earth will be quite, uh, you know. Uh, much more safer than what it is with humans doing <laughs> <in> it. <laughs> I think okay. we are
0: causing. Yeah, I think. Well, I love it when human beings say um, we are. Uh, uh, you know, uh, the, the, what? What do you call that? Uh, we have to do, worry about the future of the planet. No, I think yeah. we'd worry about our future. The planet will handle itself. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's
1: correct. Yes, so yes, certainly. Uh, but I, my, I don't know, though, Sandeep, the answer to your question whether we can really. Um, cause any big change in our genome um, by various laboratory uh, manipulative methods. Okay. Right. Um, No,
0: it's interesting to just understand, right? Because we're in this place right now, of this excess information, doctor, like where everyone has an opinion, Uh, Mm -hmm. everyone wants to talk about it you know everyone suddenly is in on the conversation whether it's with mental health whether it's with uh whether it's with research like you know earlier it would be the medical experts or the research experts in a space who would talk about what they know but Mm -hmm. which i think now what everyone has access to information which i think is a good thing but as a result what happens is people end up becoming so, you know self-taught experts which yeah. is not always the case because information also can have a bias right that you do read things that suit your agenda yeah yeah but yeah. with um no with, with this particular thing right now with with um with the way we we are looking at um you know with with, with the things happening in today's day and age with people wanting to change their body people wanting to um you know, go into a certain kind of hybrid state. Mm-hmm. I mean, do, where, where, like, I, I don't know. I don't know if ethics is the question I want to raise at this point. But uh, the way we are, we are playing around with mm. uh, genetics and the genes, um, mm. do we ha- do we know enough? Because we seem to a lot of times do things prematurely and as a result create a lot of environmental damage. I don't know. I don't want speculate about the coronavirus, but things like that, laboratory based things where we suddenly are like, whoops, we didn't realize that's going to happen. Right. Yeah. Do, are we dabbling a bit too much at this point?
1: Um, see, uh, always um, there are different uh, you know, schools of thought. Yeah. Uh, and um, so... Um, I don't know, well, uh, you know, whether I'm right, but see, if, if you take, for example, uh, I'm unable to read newspaper, then you give me spectacles. Mm-hmm. Nature didn't uh, want me to read. Yeah, then be correct, and okay. similar to various other disorders, right? Mm-hmm. So we have intervened uh, into nature uh, for a very long time.
0: I'm glad about so, that then, because I wouldn't be here otherwise. Right? I would. Yes. I, I'm not nature's favorite at at, <laughs> at a so, gene level. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So therefore, uh, uh, trying to point a finger only at the genome modification or no, not modification, sorry to use that term, um, but like for example, in ag- in agriculture, mm. okay, they manipulate uh, the genome. To get, uh, they are genetically modified organisms, right? GMOs. Mm, 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 mm. So it has it 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 will improve the um, the yield in a harvest. Okay, Mm. Uh, and in a world where people starve to death, okay, Um, it's a solution. Okay. so again this is a debatable issue and I, and I don't want to get into it though it's a yeah. bit of a genetics that we are talking about
0: no i don't yeah i don't want uh get you down a path which is you know uh, which is which causes controversy because you know even now with, with as you said doctor like with genetically mm-hmm. modified there's so many things that right? people are like gmo products are horrible so organic versus gmo then yeah. you know with everything there's polarizing um you know conversations but you know, I, the reason I brought it up is, uh, you know, I'll take the hit for asking, you know, controversial mm-hmm. questions. Don't worry about that. Yeah. But, you know, when it you know, when it comes to, you know, people right now doing things like pumping their body with various chemicals saying, yeah. you know, I read this book saying that longevity, I have to go into a sub-zero pool. And mm-hmm. every day the information changes, right, that this diet is going to make me live longer. This diet is going to prevent me from getting cancer. So, someone right now just listening mm-hmm. um, and i don't want you know i i don't want to put you on the spot but when, when you are uh, an expert in genetics, right? And you mm. hear all these things, where everyone's just shouting and no one's listening, which is, I think, the biggest yeah. problem in today's day and age <laughs> with social media. Is. is one day a person's like, you know, I'm going to do the, um, I'm going to do a paleo diet with, um, with this kind of six-hour, you know, plyometric workout. And mm. I, I'm talking more on a lifestyle thing, right? Because you did mention mm. exercise is important, what you put into your body is important, what mm. um, your your lifestyle, whether it's sedentary, all those things make a difference. But now mm. every second, third day people change that up because going one study showed this one google um scholarly report showed this so what would you say to someone who's so confused at the same time who wants to be a part of it like are there any basic tips saying hey take a step back relax kind of things which just to get people out of that frenzy that frantic way of thinking
1: see um, <clears throat> i have read and seen um, you know many videos and documentaries on this mm-hmm. So the way an average man eats in an urban city in any part of the world is equivalent to what kings and queens used to eat just about two centuries ago. Wow. Okay. Wow. That's yeah. So, um, you know, most of the food that we haven't access to was something that a common man never was able to reach. Okay. Yeah. So we are living in a very good uh, environment. I mean, not for the, all the fortunates, I'm saying, you know, there's so many people who are unfortunate. Yeah, yeah. And since you raised about diet, um, there are two aspects of it. <clears throat> I read a Time magazine cover page article several years ago, which covered about various diets and exercise and so on. Okay. Mm-hmm. Atkins diet and this diet. Yeah, yeah. People have followed that for forty years, and uh, what has happened in the US was uh, controversial because um, even though the gyms increased and the you know, all types of uh, food uh, regimens came into existence, but obesity kept rising. Mm. Okay, I mean they 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 show so many reasons uh, for that but the point is that if you take a balanced diet in moderate quantity that's the best thing and that's what that uh, time magazine was um, recommending all right mm. so many of these diets uh, which are very uh, lopsided okay it might mm. be protein uh, focused or uh, you know carb lenient mm. or it could be uh, you know keto diet make like fat uh, uh, focused and so on mm. And we don't know uh, <clears throat> how long this is going to. I mean, including vegan diets. Okay, mm-hmm. we have to watch for uh, one generation to know this uh, whether yeah. they are good or bad. And, yeah. uh, and secondly, um, if, if you, I mean, you have to have balance, right? Yeah. Um, Being imbalanced always can cause problems. I mean, that's my view, personal view. I might be wrong in that.
0: Being, did you say, sorry, you said being imbalanced. Yes. Out of balance, right?
1: You have to be in balance, Mm -hmm. uh, whether it is diet or your life, you know, the way you, as you said, people uh, scream around but don't listen. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So you have to be balanced, actually. So you have to be looking at both sides of the coin, right? Mm -hmm before you know that uh, uh, how to make
2: uh,
1: your own view about it okay mm. nothing wrong to have your own view yeah but you have to agree to disagree so i think also each view.
0: body type is so different right as you mentioned in the beginning yes. each person has their own trigger their own microbiome their own yes. genes that yes. they come exactly. into this so, world with
1: yes. yes yesterday i forgot that person's name i was listening to a youtube uh, sorry youtube ted uh, video Okay. Mm -hmm. So this is a person who's in one of the top universities in the U.S. and doing um, extremely good uh, scientific research. Mm -hmm. And what he was trying to say is that uh, um, we think that ice cream will increase our blood sugar. Right. But he has seen certain individuals that doesn't happen.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay.
1: Okay. In some of them, uh, rice increases their blood sugar.
2: Mm.
1: uh in many of them but some of them uh it wasn't sort of going very high yeah okay so there are individual variations which are primarily genetic yeah and therefore what exactly you need has to be tailored to your uh makeup yeah okay, because of genetic so that was the message he gave yeah. So it has to be personalized, the diet has to be personalized okay. and therefore trying to give uh, sort of a one fits all um, yeah, yeah. kind of uh, regimen um, may work or may not work.
0: Okay. Yeah, especially with workouts and with the nutrition and these, these these supplements, I think it's it's quite kind of scary because it's earlier if you have to, say, go into that level of mass building for mm-hmm. your body, I think mm-hmm. it was a very de- it is a very dedicated choice you would make and you would commit to that. But now anyone who is saying, uh, I want to put on 40 pounds or 30 kilos of mass can do it because they have access to those supplements, but not enough information, you know?
1: Right, right. And so not enough
0: a- commitment because earlier it would take 10 years, mm-hmm. but now you can get that same access in six months and people want shortcuts around.
1: Yes, yes, Uh, that's a very sad side of it as well, that they they take a lot of steroid injections, anabolic steroids to to build up. I mean, this is a very common thing in sports and other medicine. Mm. Um, But then um, you have to be careful. As you said, see, you have to focus on fitness, Mm. which is very important, clearly shown that if you're fit, then the chances of you getting the uh, age-related disorders like diabetes or hypertension, Um, you know, cancer, neuropsychiatric disorder, disorders are less. Okay.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Being fit is very important. Eating healthy food and then keeping your body weight to your height, with, uh, normal BMI, mm. and your abdominal girth, okay, waist to hip ratio, which is very, very important. Mm. You have to keep a tab on that, okay. But then going beyond that, building your body and so on is something that uh, you know. I am. I have my own views. I have a lot of conflicts about it, mm. uh, but that's my personal view. Okay, yeah. people go to a frenzy extent in these things, but yeah. you can't help it, uh, Sandeep. You can't uh, stop them. You know? Yeah. Now, as long as they
0: know it's their decision for their body, right? I don't yes, think that's uh, correct. it's something which Some they of should them know.
1: it is, uh, Say, for example, you take anabolic steroids, that's mm-hmm. going to affect your uh, marriage and children.
0: Right. So, right. so it reduces testosterone, fertility, exactly. all of those things, right?
1: Yes, and okay. spermatogenesis and all that. So therefore uh, if you know that and then willingly you do it, it's up to you, okay yeah but then <laughs> I think it's a good go, thing
0: if more Indian men do that, so we have a less population yes,
1: <laughs> yes. Uh, so the repercussions see, we, you you can't just look at short term goals alone, yeah, make yeah. an impact on long term, okay. Yeah. So therefore, uh, you should be balanced and then uh, do things. No, no, I hear
0: that you know, doctor. Like people are like, oh no, no, you know, I run. I said, okay, good, you run. But they're like, you know, you know, you should run 100, uh, 100 kilometers. I'm like, okay, but why would you do that? And they're like, no, you know, you know, when we were hunter gatherers, we were designed yeah. to run hundred kilometers. I'm like, yes, but 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 the, the environment was different, right? You were running yeah. for survival to get food, or you yeah. would chase uh, your prey like an injured uh, moose or whatever, right? But now. Like running within, say, Madras, Bangalore, on the streets, hundred kilometers. <laughs> yeah, cycling <laughs> I, Yeah,
1: cycling too. Yeah,
0: and also now, yeah, cycling is another thing. And and also the thing is, then people didn't live till eighty, ninety; they lived till forty, and they could have yeah. been eaten yeah. by a tiger the next was, day. Yes,
1: thirty was the uh, prehistoric man's lifetime. Yeah, yeah. So the the three, mean, that, that two <laughs> points I'd like to make here. Uh, yeah, um, is that uh, one? Um, we have increased uh, our lifespan. Yeah. But we have decreased our health span.
0: Mm, okay. okay. Can you can you just tell people what you mean by that
1: statement? Okay. So, for example, uh, prehistoric men, uh, I mean, I'm sorry to use the word men. Okay. It, again, it also includes uh, both genders. Right. Pre- prehistoric humans um, um, lived for 30 years. Yes.
0: That's it. And, this is the yeah, 10,000 years back.
1: or something was our... Uh, Uh, average lifespan in India, and today it's 69 or 67 in India. It was 40,
0: even 10,000 years back, like this is during no, no, no.
1: Uh, Yeah, I'm talking about Indian independence, Um, okay, 70 years back, close to 40 something, and then now we are living up to uh, 69. Wow, that's
0: quite a lot, actually. Yeah,
1: this is average lifespan, right? So, say, for example, when you say that uh, lifespan and you live for say something like uh, 70 years of age, Mm -hmm. um. That's not important today. Mm. What is your health span is important. So, right. you are healthy up to say 60 years of age mm. uh, with a uh, uh, you know, lifespan of 70 years, which means you have disease for the last 10 years, that's fine. Right. You really lived a very good healthy life. Okay. But then you pick uh, diabetes at 40 years of age, uh, that means you're going to live with it for 70 years, which means you have reduced your health span. Mm, so that is very that. sad. So people don't take care of that, uh, which is very, very uh, sad. So on the uh, other side of it uh, is that um, you earn through your life. Mm. And last few years of your life, you spend all that money.
0: You okay. know, it's such an interesting thing that you mentioned that because that's what people do, right? It's a headlong rush to save, to build a dream home and you yes. just work 90 hour a week saying when I retire, I will sleep or retire, I'll enjoy my money. But by the time they retire, yeah. their health is so bad that exactly. they've spent all the money they've saved on health care.
1: Right? Yeah. One, one kidney transplant is enough. I mean, 25 lakhs okay. goes off. It has to come from some of your saving yeah. or the property that you've made. So, and and diabetes, unfortunately, uh, is something we can prevent. Right. Okay. And you ask for it and then you take it and you suffer from it. You, you yeah. have to be careful. I about. think
0: it's a curse of abundance, right? That, um, we, yes. We, we, yes. We live in um, this world
1: now. Okay. Um, yes, and no, actually, um, Sandeep, because um, we have done a study in Mumbai. Mm-hmm. in urban slums of Darabhi Okay. on diabetes and diabetic retinopathy. And we found that uh, there are quite a uh, lot of people there. So it doesn't matter uh, whether it's abundance or not. Um, so if you live in an urban uh, society, then uh, cheap food is at cheap cost.
0: Right. Okay. And, and that's what I meant. I mean, uh, a curse of abundance is a person with oh, okay, uh, okay. 10 yeah, rupees yeah can still end up, you know, earlier, like, you know, we we would, I was just talking to my wife about this, that, Mm -hmm. you know, we would order in maybe once in 10 days or eat out once in 20, 30 days or whatever, maybe less, maybe more. It depends. I'm not making general statements. But now you can, depending on your budget, Mm. you can get quantity wise, you can get so much more. Like, you know, it's, that's what I meant by that. It's like a person who has 50 rupees can still Mm. end up going and snacking at a fast food joint. Yes. And a person with 500 rupees can do the same in a more yes. expensive place. But it's just so much more quantity of food going into people that I think...
1: Unhealthy. That you see
2: unhealthy, yeah. yeah.
1: That's, that's a very well known in the US as well. Mm.
2: Okay. Yeah.
1: So they've seen it that... Uh, in lower strata, people right. do eat junk food and end up with various uh, disorders. Okay, so mm. I misunderstood. your abundance as affluence actually. Yeah, sorry. No, no,
0: no. I mean, I, it, I just sort of this is what I've heard. Like as you, as you right. mentioned just now, right? Like if yeah. uh, the the people who are uh, being targeted by these big companies, the frozen mm-hmm. foods, the processed foods, the microwave meals, yeah. they're so cheap. Like I, I, when I did college in America. Uh, mm. You could get these like the equivalent of top ramen noodles, like Maggi noodles, mm. uh, 24 packs for $2. Yeah. Yes. But you want to buy fresh vegetables, it's about $5. And as a student, I'm like, it's a no-brainer, right? I'm going to yes. Yes. save money. <laughs> or if you get frozen chicken breasts, eight oh. of those are $2, but fresh chicken is 5 to $8. So they it's almost like they're tempting you by saying, no, no, don't eat healthy, you know, eat. Right. <laughs> eat and...
4: mm.
1: That's very correct. And also... Uh, they make it like that because yeah. uh, it's all purely uh, economics, right? Yeah. So it is more expensive to make vegetables than to make these things. And, and uh, scaling yeah. is another issue uh, where. Uh, you can. There's a limitation of scaling in in vegetables, but you can do that in in other processed uh, products. Factories, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and
0: it's good to keep people unhealthy that way; they're profitable,
1: right? Since you have said that, uh, there is another big, big dimension to that, Sandeep. For mm-hmm. example, um, the reason for obesity is not only that uh, abundance. Okay, the reason for obesity. There's another dimension, as I said, is that stress. Okay. Um, So when you're stressed, you have two hormones that goes up. One is adrenaline and the other is actually uh, your corticosteroids. The corticosteroids will increase your appetite.
0: Is that the same as cortisol? Cortisol Yes, cortisol
1: Cortisol is the injection. Yes, corticosteroid is what we generate in the body. Ah, Okay. And uh, when you want to suppress that stress factor, you need only three types of diet. Okay. One is high carb high fat, high salt. And this is what all these uh, major companies uh, which... Oh, so you're powerful. saying that,
0: that steroid gets the these pangs of cravings yes. for these things and the ones which satisfy it are the ones which are not good for you, which basically yes. are chips and yes. pastas and cakes and breads. Exactly. Yes, oh. these are
1: the three, uh, high carb, um, high fat and uh, high salt. Okay. All fast okay. food companies' food is made so, of. So, doctor, food.
0: sorry, was it was was, was the, because of the environment which causes stress, which causes the release of this, yes. Yes. right? So, it's almost it's it's not that it was the case. We had it somewhere in us, but it was triggered more recently by these lifestyle. This yes. okay, okay.
1: Exactly. So, therefore, uh, uh, if if you want to de-stress yourself, you go to a, a jump joint and then have mm. these food. And then your uh, eyes will come down, you get satisfied and then you come out of it. So it's sort of an addiction wow. actually. Yes, very sad wow. what's going on. Yes. So, and that's how
0: people demonize certain things which actually like, you know, with cannabis or something that is so bad for you, but they do it over a packet of chips and coffee with three spoons of sugar, which is they don't realize as bad, you know.
1: Yes, yes. Uh, but sometimes uh, there are a lot of hype also and uh, sometimes there's certain branding that happens. Okay. Mm-hmm for example eggs were branded to be uh, very unhealthy um, mm. somewhere in the 70s and 80s in the u.s okay got bad, bad publicity right but that's not the case it's one of the most healthiest food that you can have uh, yeah. for your eyes prevents age-related macular degeneration and it has so much of uh, nutrients i mean supposed to be uh, giving life to one chick right An egg. yeah so it must be certainly having everything. Yeah, some nutrition. It. <laughs> it's, um,
0: yeah. But at the same time, if you eat 30 egg whites, like I have to build up your muscle mass. I don't think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yes,
1: certainly. But, no, but okay, so okay, so they doc, eat the, the white actually, you know. I yeah, the whites, that. yeah. yeah. Yes. That's again the misconception actually, yeah. No, yes,
0: just, but, before we go into the specifics of your work and how you are uh, helping people through your organization, I, I just want to have one question because now you hear a lot of people using this very loosely, right? Uh, or maybe not loosely, but they use it in conversation about how you can switch on and switch off your genes. Yeah. Um, so maybe could you just, in I, I don't want to go into too much detail because I know it's a scientific mm-hmm. explanation which will be needed. But first of all, what do they mean by that? Second of all, is it possible? And could you just sort of take us through that?
1: See, um, basically say, for example, if you're going to have um, highly sugary food. Okay, so insulin is secreted. Okay, so therefore the insulin gene is switched on, and then it results in secretion of insulin. Okay, okay. okay. So they did a large um, animal study uh, with mice uh, in the US, it was published in Nature or uh, Science over ten years ago. Mm-hmm. So what they did was they had a, a two sets of rats. They are genetically identical, and what they did was that. Uh, they found they were doing an experiment to find what are the genes that are getting switched on and switched off okay, okay. which means the genes start to express or they don't express right okay that's uh, what it means when you say it's on and off so they one set of uh, animals they fed them with high carb food mm. okay another set of animals they fed with low carb food and in the high carb food set of animals, the age related genes uh, started to express. Okay. Ah, okay. So, the health related to uh, genes were expressing in the low carb food uh, set of animals.
0: Okay, so the health related genes. Okay.
1: Yes. okay. And then what they did is halfway through the experiment, they stopped uh, the dietary regimen of these two groups and they switched the uh, diet regime, which means the low carb were given high carb, and the high carb was given low carb. Yeah, so exactly the reverse happened. Oh, and so the,
0: the group which had formerly the low uh, high carb genes, uh, yeah. started
1: to express healthy genes, and in the healthy genes group, the uh, vice versa happened.
0: So this is that important word which you said, the environmental triggers, right? Exactly.
1: Mm. So all age-related diseases, uh, environment plays the critical part, not your genetics. Okay.
0: That's, I think, really important to know. Right? Some people yeah. are like, oh, yeah. I'm just born, born with bad genes. And yeah. and they sort of, uh, you know, they, they have a fatalistic approach going, what can I do anyway? This is what I'm born with. No, I, and that's so good yeah. for them to hear that it's so much yeah. is in your hands, you know.
1: Yeah, so when you talk with your uncles, aunts and so on and so forth, and if they say that uh, your uncle died with heart disease or your uncle died because of hypertension, he was obese and diabetic, that's an indication for you. Okay, so you have a family history, so you be careful about um, your diet and Mm -hmm. uh, activity see. It's not that you you want you have to live forever. Nobody can live forever. You have to live well. I think, right? Yeah, I think. Yes, the the health span. Okay, the health span is what is very critical. Yeah, and your ill health uh, results in draining your savings.
0: You know, that's such an important thing for people to know. I think this is something that you know. I I'm not. I'm not a health nut but at the same time I past few years realized the importance of how I feel when I'm physically active right mm-hmm. and because of I, because of my lack of vision I'm not able to go walk down the streets or I'm limited in that movement but mm-hmm. I've noticed you know like and I do blood work every year to find out my things but uh, like with certain things like for instance lipid profile the triglycerides I you know are high for me and how much I've exercised, they're not dropping so my doctor said it's because it is in your family so mm-hmm. now you can Refuse to take medicines and work out extra, but it's not going to go down because you're predisposed to have this certain thing. Mm-hmm. But if mm-hmm. from now, if you monitor it, mm-hmm. you, it's not like anything's going to happen tomorrow or day after, but in the long term,
4: mm-hmm.
0: by you're using statins or whatever the medication he gives me, you mm-hmm. are able to live a better life. You can't mm-hmm. undo your gene, but you can use that as information to live a better, healthier life, right? Yes.
1: And also, right. you have to start early, the Sandeep. That's very really mm-hmm. important. Okay. Right. If you know these things uh, when you're sort of in a, uh, crossing your adolescent age and getting into an adult world mm. and you know it, then you should start by then, which yeah. around you know 25 uh, years of age. And that's a good starting point, I would say. Oh, okay. Where you're fairly matured, you're knowledgeable, you can easily uh, get that information. And I'm a little negative person in terms of uh, drugs and so on. Uh, it yeah. isn't prescribed or whatever. Yeah. So there are many ways, our human body is a system Sandeep. And mm. If your triglycerides are high, then you find out what is the diet that will reduce it. Yeah. And it, it's all there in the net. You don't need to be, um, see so you have to be your own doctor first.
0: Yeah. Uh, so it can be controlled. Um, i mean initially yes, yes. use I it to dro-
1: actually. i don't know though i'm making a guess um, right. because you uh, take a bit of a fatty food or whatever it is there are certain genes in the body particularly cholesterol um, if you reduce your cholesterol uh, diet body will produce it ah okay body has the mechanism mm-hmm. okay right Certainly your uh, you know physical activity like uh, you know jogging for uh, whatever time in a day will reduce them okay mm-hmm. So uh, there are certain receptors uh, which are gene related, uh, LDL and HDL receptors okay? yeah, yeah. In liver cells LD, uh, HDL receptors uh, HDL per se is a good boy okay yeah yeah is yeah. a bad boy okay <laughs> yeah so if you smoke your LDL will go up. If you drink alcohol your LDL will go up and, right uh, if you exercise, LDn will come down. And your HDL will go up. Okay. So, therefore, it's a constant balance, right? Yeah, exactly. So, you have to be your own doctor in the first place.
2: Yeah.
1: Then you go and take consultation from physicians. I'm not saying that, uh, you know, know, drugs are bad or, you know, surgeries and so on. You you can prevent a lot of these age related problems. Mm. You can push it uh, towards your later life. Okay. Okay. Not at 50 years when you're in the peak of your career. Okay. Yeah, okay. and that can affect you uh, in a big way, all right? Uh, career-wise, professionally, and financially, and so on. Okay.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Doctor, so you you are a genetic counselor now. You're based in mm-hmm. Madras, and you've done some leading work in this space, um, mm-hmm. and you're focused specifically with the eye and ophthalmology. Um, mm-hmm. So, can you what 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 took you from in a country like India, and of course, you worked and you've worked with people, collaborated with, with doctors, specialists around the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what led you down this path of genetics, um, rather than being a conventional ophthalmologist, which is more established in India, which is sometimes more lucrative, to go down this path of, in a country like India, which is few years behind, I wouldn't say backward, but few years behind uh, research in some of the other parts. I, mean, I don't know what the governing... Um, sort of guidelines are around genetics in India, but what led you down, and what uh, what were the things that helped you or made you decide to go into genetics in India at a time like this in in our present day?
1: Um, I don't know actually the answer for <laughs> that, Sandeep, but I'm glad I did uh, pick it up. Okay, so. Okay. When I uh, let me tell you my education because I, I have nothing to do with ophthalmology in terms of uh, certification and so on. Do mm-hmm. I got into ophthalmic and vision uh, research? Okay. Okay. I did my uh, graduation medicine MBBS from Madras Medical College and then my MD in physiology. Okay. Okay. Why I did physiology is a big story and and we don't have time for that. Mm-hmm. So. Um, Genetics interested me the moment I finished MBBS because somebody told me that there's nobody in India who has done this. Okay. Right. Um, but um, having seen it, it's not, genetics will never give you money. Mm. Okay. Like mm. ophthalmology, or orthopedics, or cardiology, and so on. Yeah. So, and the moment I knew that there's nobody, it interested me, I guess. Okay, right. I'm very glad I took it and uh, many of my previous classmates thought uh, something went terribly wrong with me, <laughs> that I have picked up a field that nobody, uh, uh, you know, would dare to even get into it. In my times, uh, it was advanced, genetics was advanced, that's I'm telling you, uh, most of the listeners would not have been born that time. Um, in 1982, it took that decision. Okay, 82, 83. Oh wow! You must okay. not have been born. I no, guess. I was just born. Uh, I... <laughs> okay. So, um, and um, uh, many of my classmates thought uh, I was crazy, and uh, I'm sure they would have thought you know, I would fail and all that. Okay, mm. and, uh, I learned it in the very. Uh, by burning my fingers Mm -hmm. professionally. But I'm I'm glad I took it and I Mm -hmm. got the opportunity to go to New Zealand and US and uh, wherever I was elsewhere in the world, uh, I always wanted to come back to a country Mm -hmm. uh, and train our own people uh, which is one of the most, uh, the happiest thing I do is to train my own students and uh, medical graduates and so on. Particularly ophthalmologist and uh, I would have grown maybe vertically if I was uh, elsewhere in the world, um, mm-hmm. not returning to the country. But then I have grown very naturally, horizontally. I made more people learn these uh, tools and techniques. Yeah. And uh, currently I have uh, six PhDs with me and many students undergoing genetic counseling training and I want to go abroad to get a master's and so on. I think really,
0: the, all yeah. the doctors or the genetic counselors I've met after, I've all been like, yeah, yeah, that we we studied under Dr. Kumar.
1: <laughs> you oh, okay. So okay. I think yeah. you're pretty
0: much the authority on it right now. Uh, yeah, that,
1: that, that tells my age, Sandeep. <laughs> no, I, I know. And doctor, I think I, I, I'm going to slip
0: this in here. I think on behalf of people like me, yeah. who are, uh, you know, future parents or people who are dealing with genetic disorders, You know, nineteen nineties when I got diagnosed by Doctor Badrinath in Chennai. Mm -hmm. I mean, he gave the final thing because till then it was uncertain. So people like you know, for me, he's someone who gave hope, saying you're never going to lose your eyesight. But you know, to give some sense of reassurance, but a lot of times that doesn't happen from doctors. And I'm not saying all doctors, but sometimes just doctors don't want to take that risk of committing to a certain. Um, you know, certain advice or certain reassurance. But, you know, doc- Dr. Badrinath one example and you are an- another example. Like I think I can name three, four doctors in my life who've given me a sense of reassurance and hope. And I think you've done that to a lot of people. So mm-hmm. I just wanted to, you know, thank you before we go yeah. forward.
1: So let me take a little time about Dr. Badrinath because I worked with him for 11 years. He's mm-hmm. an amazing personality, phenomenal person. Yes. And he's built uh, one of the best institutions in the world and I'm glad I worked with him. Mm. Um, and he's a saint actually, okay. yeah, a saint in the field of uh, medicine and ophthalmology. Yeah. A great man and uh, no way uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I can be compared with him. Okay, he's yeah. and a small grain in a sand in a beach. Okay. Um, yes, uh, the sad side of the story is that um, as I told you, I've been in this field for 30 years now, 30, 35, I would say. Mm. And 20 years ago, there should have been a treatment, Sandeep.
3: Mm.
1: And, uh, we all were expecting uh, once the human genome was sequenced, uh, gene therapy would be something uh, like going to uh, a drugstore and uh, getting a prescription drug. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. Sadly, that's not happened. Uh, there are many reasons for that. Okay, uh, very much biological challenges are there. Okay, it's not so easy to manipulate a gene. Is, but, is it? Uh, but is
0: it? It's not intervention from big companies to prevent. Is has there been any no, of that? No.
1: Okay. No. No, really, actually. Um, okay. In fact, uh, that's a big transformation that happened somewhere in eighties and nineties in the Western world, particularly the U.S. Mm. Um, the governments and universities didn't have the money to do genetic research, particularly okay. gene, therapy, right. gene therapy, so today uh, it is the uh, large pharma companies uh, which are providing the maximum amount of money for genetic research
2: right okay. right
1: see okay. what is your ultimate in, intention is another part of the discussion mm, mm. Uh, but then they are the real people who are giving the type support for genetic research yeah i recently did kind of a show
0: of, for no artists and they said they are working, working. with uh, eye related yes. um, yes. cures yes.
1: yes they particularly the spark um the G- rps65 gene therapy methodology Okay, um, is something that they have uh, patented and mm-hmm. they are now promoting it um, with a real bomb cost, actually. Yeah, it's so expensive and people uh, like us who have been in this field, mm-hmm. in fact, uh, I should make a mention here that um, it was two groups in the world uh, which identified the RP65 gene to be causative of um. A condition, labor, congenital amaurosis, and retinite, early onset retinitis pigmentosa. Oh, so, that so is yeah. that
0: the one called LHC? That's the.
1: Um, LCA.
0: LCA, LC, okay. And that's the one which you mentioned that has a, a therapy, gene therapy out there now, right?
1: Yes, yes. And a very early onset. Uh, uh, Retinitis pigmentosa, which is uh, caused by the mutation in RP65 gene. Okay. So two groups found that out. One is in Boston, in Harvard, mm-hmm. and another one was our group in New Zealand. Okay. Um, okay. So we two were the first groups to identify and uh, see. It is a patient and the family who give the samples, Sandeep. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sad about these companies finally making money out of it. Okay. Mm. Um, see, mm-hmm. genetic disorders, uh, particularly the early onset ones, um, the treatments are very expensive and yeah. governments should put their uh, head down yeah. and make it available. There are few that uh, are available at free of cost, Sanofi does okay. that. Okay. Who, um, sorry.
0: Oh, sorry,
1: doctor? Sanofi is a company uh-huh. Uh-huh. and they do uh, one particular genetic disorder and it's not striking my mind the name, I'll tell you later. Okay. Uh, where you can do uh, gene therapy uh, and uh, avail it at no cost. And there are groups which are trying to make it uh, affordable and available to all groups of people. Um, there is an organization called HOPE. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, it's based in the US, I think. And they are trying to see that investigations and all are available in case if they are, cannot afford it, mm. they step in and try to help.
0: That's nice because, you know, with even with visually low vision aids in India, Mm -hmm. uh, I was talking to someone about how in considerate it is almost when you know you want to get something. Yes, okay, I I don't want to go down this path because it's another discussion for another day. But you know, there are companies, of course, locally trying to do it with creating Mm -hmm. low vision aids, whether it's with uh, prosthetics which are affordable, whether it's um, guided access tools, navigation tools, etc. But many times it's not it's not available. But Mm -hmm. if you want to bring it. Mm. Uh, not only does the government not give you a say you know like for instance in the Netherlands they'll say 80% is covered by your local um, right. um, whatever the word is whether your local um, mm. medical gov- uh, thing takes it over or maybe whoever the, the thing is and, and no one here does it in India the government side but second mm. in okay I understand big country we can't do that but besides that what they don't do is they don't wave off an import duty on it so like when I get glasses yes. which are mm. low vision glasses I have to pay 80% import duty on something which is already so expensive. So, yes. it's 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 quite uh, disheartening to see that, you know.
1: Yes, that's a very, very sad part of the story. Uh, yeah. You see, um, it's not that uh, with uh, particularly, say, as you said, in low vision aid or many things of that sort, okay. Mm-hmm. You can't make a big profit out of it as a government. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. you have to be um, leaving it to some experts to judge and give them a report and some of these things can be excluded from. Uh, exactly. Beauty, Absolutely. You know? yeah. So, and also the, you know, other governments across the world I'm talking about, they should put their head down and make these things in a country like, you know, very, very uh, cheap labor is available. These are not rocket science. Okay. Yeah. That you cannot do it. And I it mean, they do it sense. for every product. Yes, Um, you You, you (laughs) take a mobile company to Vietnam, you take so many things so that your cost is cut down, uh, production costs, you know, you have to do that. for. And I think they
0: don't realize is that if you can make the same thing, say in China or in India, wherever the the product cost comes down. And if you are able to make this on scale Mm -hmm. and you give the 30, 40 million visually impaired people access to these tools, You're, in fact, reducing cost of your governance, right? You're reducing Mm -hmm. their dependence on the system. If you have a country where they're they're paying out a certain Mm -hmm. uh, amount, whatever. You're making them independent, dignified members of society who will be more productive and who will have healthier lives.
1: Yes. And you take musicians, some of them uh, did not have vision. Yeah. And that made them to be... uh, uh, Sort of icon of the music industry. Yeah. So, government should know that. uh, Of course, they know it's not that they don't. I think, yeah, they they don't Um, care. I think at times, yeah. Their focus gets carried away by some of the other disorders, uh, which could be profitable, infectious disorders, which can be controlled and so on. Of course, uh, COVID took a lot of um, that pie. (laughs) <laughs> it
0: took away, yeah. I, nice I think resources that's and that's
1: attention, that's yeah. That's so, I'm
0: sure there are a lot of scientists out there going, If we got even one tenth amount that was spent on COVID, we'd, we'd have the cure for some yeah, other.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it but, is a very um sensitive issue to discuss in the first place, um, yeah, yeah. But then, um, as you are, know, we are seeing now uh booster doses and uh, fourth third uh, dose which is booster and fourth yeah. dose of booster and all that uh, Israel is trying now. Mm. When when uh, we don't have people who have taken the first dose. Uh, in yeah. The first dose right? yeah. No, and I think that ane- disparity is blatant. Yeah. yeah. That unevenness is something I don't know. It sometimes worries you or not actually. And mm. once I read that the pet industry in uh, Europe, this is maybe 10-15 years ago was something like 14 million dollars. Wow. and they couldn't find 6 million dollars to educate children from first standard to fifth fifth standard across the world 6 wow. million yeah. <laughs> it's no and the t- amount we
0: uh, spent like see that's what i think you you, yeah. you, you my my wife uh, nivedita and she mm-hmm. does this exact same thing with fa- with fashion, with the fashion industry fast fashion the mm-hmm. demand for every year, uh, new seasons so within every month, new collections, the waste and the damage to the environment and yeah. the exploitation of children and li- women in third world countries. Mm-hmm. And you spend billions on that and pollute the environment. Yes. And then when you tell someone, okay, can you buy less, but it's a little mm-hmm. more expensive, it lasts you longer. They're like, no, um, yeah. you know, so <laughs> one side you have people, you know, having a billion dollar budget for clothes and then mm-hmm. you don't even have, you know, 10 lakhs for, you know, no. for your local... Vaccination program, you know.
1: Yeah, and having said that, uh, Sandeep, um, people all talk uh, about food wastage. Mm. So roughly about thirty percent, forty percent of food is wasted um, across the world. More so in the Western world. That is, US is uh, notorious for that wastage. Yeah,
0: I mean, if you tell anyone that half of what you're producing is going, it's a no-brainer that that is something needs to be scrutinized, right?
1: (laughs) On the other hand. 50% Fifty percent of clothes mm. are either burnt yeah. or buried. Okay. Yeah,
0: this this is Maybe, something yeah. which Navi is really uh, what got her into this place. It's called overstock, I think, where yeah. they just make it and it's not used. Yeah, and, and rather than okay. giving it away for free to children or people who need it, you're like, no, no, my you know my my ego comes in the way. I'm going to burn it.
1: Yeah. yeah. Uh, these are things you can never understand uh, yeah. in the world. Okay? These dynamics are very, very difficult to understand. Right. So I should mention about uh, some of the therapies that are going yes, on. Yes, I was going
0: to come to that doctor because this is something uh, which I think we can talk for hours on end because I I, mm-hmm. I, I want about the future of humanity. But um, for people who right now are listening who mm-hmm. might have a family member who might themselves have some things Uh, of course I'm going to give all the details of how they can contact your team and you but uh, as things stand 2021 December we're talking what are the therapies specifically to gene-related disorders out there and what is their what is the status of their progress with human testing and uh, efficacy with human conditions
1: Yes. So, what I'm talking about uh, can be generalized for many genetic disorders, but okay. I will sort of talk uh, in relation to high genetic disorders. Sure. So, if you take a therapy per se, um, one form is the gene therapy. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I used to give an example, um, when I do talk to uh, people who come with various disorders to me, is that uh, if you are riding a by motorbike or scooter or a car, then um, the carburetor is defective. Um, then what you do is that you replace the carburetor. Yeah. Okay. In, in real situation, what you do is you remove the defective carburetor and put the new one. Yeah. But in gene therapy, you don't do like that. Okay. You leave the old carburetor inside where the gene has mutated and producing defective uh, gene product. And then you put a new carburetor, which means you're putting a new gene inside. Um, you can put that in any part of the body, uh, including the retina, and it will start to produce the uh, needed protein to do its function. So it overrides the defective
0: carburetor? Or it, it doesn't
1: uh, override, Sandeep, it, it sort of uh, remains as an alternate one.
0: Oh, so they both exist there. It's they not both. like one is defunct. Okay, okay, yes. okay.
1: Uh, both exist. Okay. Um, so, another methodology is the stem cell therapy, mm-hmm. which again you can do for any organ in the body and the most approved ones uh, are for the bone marrow related disorders.
2: Right. Okay.
1: And where even of course in eye disorders they are doing it still it is in research and big advances have been made. So, how you can say the, uh, stem cell therapy equivalent is that uh, you your carburetor is not functioning in your uh, mm. vehicle. So instead of putting a carburetor, which is sort of gene therapy, what you're doing is that uh, you're putting a new engine.
0: You change the whole unit. Okay.
1: Yes. Okay. You're not changing, actually. You're leaving the old one, I'm putting oh. a new engine. So in both okay. these cases, you leave the old. Uh, okay. Yeah, okay, Both these okay. cases, you leave the old one. So okay. there is a new technology, which is still uh, uh, under lot of research, but then it has come into clinical practice research, not clinical practice, clinical research, where uh, they do something called as genome editing or CRISPR technology. Mm. So what they do is if your carburetor is wrong, they'll find out, they'll open up the carburetor, find out what is wrong in it, okay, a particular unit inside the carburetor is wrong, then they will just change that only, which Mm. means they will correct the DNA letter which is the mutated one and they'll put the right DNA letter uh, back.
0: Okay. okay. So that comes back to our A, G, C and T and they'll make sure that exactly. those arrangements are correct basically. Yes.
1: And that okay. is a very, very ideal method mm. you know, uh, compared to gene therapy or uh, with stem uh, cell therapy because you're correcting the fault uh, and making it correct. Mm. And our machinery, genetic machinery is so robust uh, it, the moment the correction is made it will take over.
0: So, doctor, for someone like um, dealing with, say, my kind of condition, Stargardt's mm-hmm. disease, and we've spoken about this, but I just want to use myself as an example. Yeah. Say we use, um, for people listening, I have a mutation in this gene, and uh, mm-hmm. there are two mutations. And if you use gene editing, so mm-hmm. now where those two mutations are, you would say they would uh, take that defect out and place the right alphabet of the gene matter, right? Or the gene That's there. So, uh, in theory, then all... Um, past sort of defects are wiped out and it starts from scratch it starts producing the right kind of uh, uh, proteins or whatever it does do yes. and and will that correct the disorder or will it prevent well,
1: further uh, it's not as simple as that and no. it is not as simple as I told them so uh, right. Uh, right because when you do this nicking it's called as nicking and correcting mm-hmm. um, there is a hypothetical possibility that it might go and nick the wrong places and in theory it can cause cancer also okay so even in genome gene- editing okay genome okay. editing so you have to be very careful how you do that and and the optimization has to be very perfect and subsequent surveillance is very important and so on okay it's okay. not as simple as I said and so it is in stem cell with a technology called the ipsc cells okay, okay. So, since you are manipulating the genome, you can really sometimes cause uh, problems uh, rather than finding solutions. Okay. Mm,
2: because there's so, so much the, unknown, is it? Okay.
1: Yes. In the genome editing, what is very important is that there should, should be a certain amount of tissue which is functioning. Right. So, whether it is uh, bone marrow, or is it liver, or is it uh, um, uh, retina, okay. There should be a functional component, and then you go and correct it. All right? Then okay. it will produce the right protein, and therefore it might stabilize the vision at whatever stage it is at this point of time. It okay, will so not it's allowed th- it to deteriorate.
0: Okay, so it can't regenerate. It won't deteriorate, but it will remain uh, as as is. As but is. if so it's sensor, completely, yeah,
1: yeah. Okay. If if the functional tissue is not working, stem cell will be the best method to do.
0: So that is to regenerate.
2: Okay, okay. That's okay. the right ah.
1: Okay. Right. So apart from these, uh, you know, particularly for retina, uh, and of course they've done it successfully for uh, hearing uh, problems,
3: mm-hmm.
1: is a retinal chip implant. Okay. Okay. So if the retina doesn't work, then you put a chip implant, and then that will try to stimulate the remaining nerves and providing mm-hmm. a certain amount of vision. Okay. Yes. Okay. 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 So you so go beyond that layer. That? Right. Yes, they've done that in uh, hearing problems with cochlear implant, which is very okay. successful. But retinal implant hasn't been as successful as cochlear implant. Right. Okay. Um, but uh, they are optimizing that. Again, all of these methodologies are expensive. Okay? Mm. And uh, affordability is a question mark. All right. Um, mm. And uh, people, people yeah. like me in this field, are worried about it because we talk about a solution to the subjects in the family, they're happy to know that it is there and the moment they know they cannot afford it, uh, it really defeats the purpose. Okay. I
0: mean that's such a hard place to be right for you as yes. knowing that there's a cure and for yeah. the family knowing there's hope but yeah. then I mean because end of the day money is some, not something that people just give away freely. Oh no, no 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 take take this because that's the I mean you know that there's a, the the there is only one thing in the bit, coming in the way between a cure and this person's life improving but you yeah. can't surpass that barrier right
1: yes and also uh, <clears> the <throat> uh, genetic counseling is not an easy job mm. because uh, unlike medical practice where uh, a patient comes with cataract or with a broken bone mm. and when they leave the clinic uh, everything is set right
4: yeah.
1: And yeah. more vision comes back, and the bone is set right, and they start to walk. Okay. Yeah. So, genetic counseling is not like that. Uh, people come with a problem, and they leave with the same problem. Yeah. And you have to make them uh, feel confident and mm-hmm. happy, uh, which is not easy as well. It takes a time to. I and mean, it takes
0: uh, a toll, the- you know. And this, is, I'm speaking from the receiving end of mm-hmm. multiple doctors' visits, right? where mm-hmm. living with this gene uh re- this this eye condition which is as a result of a gene mutation mm-hmm. is you have to go of course to know the the physical health of your eye to yeah. see if there are other issues mm-hmm. and uh, every year for 30 years you come back from the you leave the doctor's office going there's no hope of yeah. a cure so yeah. it, it it is demotivating demoralizing uh, yes. to to know that there's not nothing out there but that's uh, and i'm telling you doctor from 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 someone who's lived with this yes. but Meeting a genetic counselor—that's being mm-hmm. meeting you last year, 2020. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say it, it's changed my life, but it's given me um a very, very strong sense of how I know that there's someone besides of because doctors, as you said, they're looking for a mm-hmm. cure, an mm-hmm. ophthalmologist also has been a very high demand because of various uh, multiple eye disorders, gene and mm-hmm. non gene related. But mm-hmm. someone like you in the picture and your team. It mm. gives it gives us something I'm going to I'm going to, I'm going to take um, a chance and speak on behalf of people dealing with uh, gene related eye disorders. It gives yeah. us another uh, set of people or ex- experts who are willing to take time mm. and take us to the conversation of what's out there as opposed to that void which existed where we were like, okay, there's no cure. Let's wait for the next checkup, or let's just go in the dark. And no pun intended, you know. But it's. I think it's. It's definitely a difficult job, I suppose, for you to tell people. Job. Yeah, um, but it's a very. It's a very important thing that people um, and, and the work you're doing exists because it gives us hope.
1: Yeah, and also, you no, know, um, you know, you see a patient with cataract, you do surgery, they become one right. And, uh, you know, broken bone, you're setting it right, they are happy and important, But when you can actually um, be, psych- be a big psychological support to somebody and uh, who is uh, suffering, uh, that gives you a different sense of uh, happiness mm. as much as to us. Okay. Yeah. Uh, not many people are ready to do this kind of uh, job.
2: Okay.
1: Yeah. Um, so therefore, uh, uh, For me, uh, when I teach my students, uh, is that uh, we should have empathy and we should put ourselves in the shoes of uh, the genetic disorder subjects. This is what I teach them. Yeah. So if your family member is affected or you yourself are affected, then um, how you would actually react is the way you have to do uh, genetic counseling. That's really Yeah, important. Uh, and
0: it's like mental health counseling, right? What I like is that it's not just okay. Once you leave the office, that's it. That's till next year. No news. It's yeah. an ongoing process, and I think a lot of people need that, right? They need their hand course, to be held through this entire situation, yeah. and I think that's so important, which you never get from the medical field because you're just another patient, you know, in the medical yeah. practice. Yeah.
1: So, uh, but so doctors, yeah. Sorry to interrupt.
0: Uh, no, please do. Please do. See.
1: Um, if you're affected, um, then that is one, di- one type of uh, issue that we deal with. Yeah. Um, but then um, the parents of such children uh, are much more uh, devastated. Mm.
2: Okay. Yeah. They
1: sense of guilt in their uh, I have had multiple situations. I have to point this out here, is about uh, parents uh, who have married blood relatives, Okay. Right. right. Colonies, first Many of them have broken down uh, in front of me in my counseling sessions, saying that uh, they would not have got married to each other if they had known in advance that uh, such kind of genetic disorders can happen when you marry a close relative, blood related. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. so So um, it's a very sad thing. But again, having said that, consanguineous marriages give you a big uh, social uh, binding and uh, support.
3: Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah.
1: But then genetic issues are there. Um, So they can take uh, counseling and now today you can do a very advanced uh, uh, prenatal diagnosis where Mm. you can detect the child is affected or not. And then accordingly, you can take a decision what to do with it. Or you can do something called as pre-implantation genetic diagnosis where you can take a fertilized embryo and then check whether it has the wrong gene or not. Mm. If not, you can go ahead with the pregnancy. This is this is mixed with the in vitro fertilization or IVF technology. That's Which something you can do anywhere in India now. Okay, yeah. that is the advantage of uh, knowing all these things. Okay.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Now I think um, that's just for people who don't didn't know, because many times we don't know in India that these things exist and across the board, right? Whether it's most educated, the person who's not aware, I think that sometimes you don't know, like, oh, I I knew this was there in Europe or in Switzerland or whatever, right? In America. But it's so good to know that you are doing this. And I think, doctor, on behalf of all the people listening today, uh, thank you for doing what you do. I think on behalf of people like me who are uh, living with genetic-related eye disorders, even more of a thank you uh yeah. for doing what you do and the people you're training to, to sort of hold the torch going forward um but for people who haven't had the chance to go to a genetic counselor where can they find um you and your team um maybe the website link i'll put it all in the description uh, as well but yeah. maybe how can they contact you just since you're on the call on this episode if you could tell them and just give them a few parting words sure
1: um so I've worked in uh, big institutions, and I am currently also connected with some other big institutions, I institutions and so on. Uh, mm-hmm. And in the meantime, we have started a, a NGO or a non-governmental agency, a charitable uh, institution uh, that's going on for the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. And uh, when um, families and subjects don't have money uh, to afford for genetic counseling, uh, we do that free of cost. Mm. And if they need to do a genetic test, then we find donors for that uh, okay. and try okay. to connect and uh, help them. And at the same time, we also have a private limited company, uh, a for-profit company uh, where we see um, patients and subjects with various genetic disorders and give them the genetic counseling. Okay. okay. Um, so Therefore, uh, people who want to access, and there are many genetic counselors in the country, it's not that, uh, and people are uh, elsewhere in the country who want to reach to some of the genetic counselors uh, near their uh, place of stay, we can help them to connect, okay? Right. Uh, there is a group called genetic counselors in India, and they do train people. And uh, in today's uh, online world, you can connect easily also with us um, yeah. uh, very easily. And if you can't afford, we'll do it for free, as I said. Okay.
0: Yeah, I'll put the we link to some... both uh, the, the NGO and the, the private limited. I'll get that from you and put the links down there. And yes. for, for people who want to get genetic counseling, but also people who want to donate and help, I think both yeah. are important. So... Yes, right?
1: And also not only to these two groups, but also for youngsters who want to take genetic counseling as a profession. Yes. It's a great profession, um, very enjoyable profession, I would say. And uh, you can get trained uh, and certified uh, anywhere in the Western world or be trained in India too uh, and get a certificate for practice. And uh, therefore, there's a big dearth of genetic counselors across the world. Okay, today they can get into industry, pharma industry and do uh, genetic tests, which is called as direct-to-consumer testing Mm. and they can get uh, genetic counseling, they can work in in vitro fertilization or IVF centers and and they can work in uh, pharmacogenomics which is another very fast-growing field where Personalized medicine, uh, your drug that you're supposed to take will be known uh, with certain genetic tests even before you take it to know that how effective it will be and so on. Wow. Okay. Okay. Yes. So therefore, there are great opportunities for youngsters to pick up and there'll be an acute shortage of genetic counselors uh, in the next few years uh, across the world. Already it is happening. So I think that's the
0: thing, right? People go for the, as you said, the vertical rise and all these big big things. I think there's the non-monetary attraction which I think you've just highlighted which is yes, yes. giving people and also, hope and, yeah
1: genetic counselors will get a decent pay in yeah. the so and therefore uh, they can live comfortably and, and save comfortably as well and do a good professional support for people with genetic disorders yeah
0: no, that's amazing doctor I think um, I salute the work you do and I really appreciate you um, coming on this podcast and sharing um, all the resources available, the work you do, and uh, your passion for the the the, the choice you made. So, thank you on behalf of everyone listening, and personally, thank you for helping uh, us through a lot of uh, the past few months where we needed a, a, a guiding, you know, light. You were really, really helpful. So, appreciate that.
1: Thank you, uh, Sandeep, and uh, good luck to you. And I'm glad you made this program uh, so that this information gets across. The board, and there are so many people uh, in our country and elsewhere who need support and yes. proper guidance, uh, which is what we do in genetic counseling. And borders should not be barriers for this. Mm, and well said, thank you on behalf of uh, our team for thank helping you, us to do this program. Thank you, Sandeep. And My pleasure, Doctor. The um, um, our program. Thank you very, very much. Thank you. Thank you, Doctor. Appreciate it.